Well, good morning. I am very thankful for you all here this morning. Please join me as we sing the doxology, which is found in the red hymnal number 549. The doxology number 549. number 717. Do not be worried and upset, Jesus told them. Believe in God and believe also in me. There are many rooms in my Father's house and I'm going to prepare a place for you. I would not tell you this if it were not so. And after I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to myself so that you will be where I am. You know how to get to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way to get there? Jesus answered him, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one goes to the Father except by me. Now that you have known me, he said to them, you will know my Father also. And from now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 104, There is a Peace in My Heart. Number 104, There is a Peace in My Heart. Peace that has 
believe that this morning? That Jesus is yours and he will never, ever leave us because he is ours. He is mine. He is yours. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious God, Lord, God, we are just so thankful for the scriptures that we have read, the hymns that we have sung. Lord, just the praise that we have offered you. And Lord, you have reassured us again and again that you are the way, that you are the truth, that you are the life. Lord, let it be so in our own lives that we understand that and that we take that to heart so that we can say that Jesus is mine. Jesus is mine. Lord, let that be our prayer in all that we do, in all that we say. God, we come before you with the needs and requests. And Lord, as we think about Jesus being ours and mine, Lord, we ask that we be a person that can show others the way to Jesus Christ, to our family members, to our friends, to our patients here throughout this medical center, Lord, to the staff that is working here, to the family members that we'll be visiting. Lord, what a glorious thing that we can provide them to show them the way, the truth, and the life to God the Father through our Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just praise you for that. And Lord, not only do we pray for their salvation, Lord, but Lord, we lift our needs and their needs up to you in prayer as well. And Lord, we would just ask that you would intervene in a very special way. That in that truth and in that life, Lord, that they will see your will as we want to see your will in the same way. God, we just praise you for this opportunity that we can come and worship you here in this chapel. Lord, I just want to thank you for everyone that is here, Lord, for those that are watching on their television set in their rooms, Lord, I lift them up to you in prayer as well. And God, we just praise you and ask that you would just bless this time as we just want to glorify you in all that we do and all that we say. And God, we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. And you may be seated for our next hymn. Hymn number 102, Why Should I Be Discouraged? Hymn number 102, why should I be discouraged?
reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, beginning with verse 33. Watch, be alert, for you do not know when the time is coming. It is like a man on a journey who left his house, gave authority to his slaves, gave each one his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to be alert. Therefore, be alert since you do not know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening, or at midnight, or at the crowing of the rooster, or in the early morning. Otherwise, he might come suddenly and find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to everyone, be alert. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, Lord, we just are so thankful for the way that you have reminded us this morning in a very special way how you are there for us always and Lord not just in this life that we have right now but in the life that is to come you have also prepared a place for us there and Lord we praise you for that and God I would ask that you would help us to stay alert to the things in our lives that we need to work on so that we can draw closer to you and prepare ourselves better. In Christ's name, amen. Well, it's interesting this morning that we have had our call to worship and our hymns this morning focusing and understanding what your relationship is with Jesus Christ. But not only that, the fact that he has prepared a place for you and for me. And I would say to you, undeservingly so, at least for me, I don't know if you deserve it, but I know I don't deserve a place that is being prepared for me. And it is because of God's grace that he is preparing that place for me and for you. And I think it's important for us to understand that God reminds us again and again that he wants us to be faithful to be alert because we don't know when God is going to come back for us, when Jesus is going to come back for you or for me. We don't know when that time will come. We don't know whether we are going to be alive at that time or whether we will be dead, if you will, in terms of our earthly life and will be resurrected with him. Either case, God always wants us to be alert, expecting that Jesus will come back into our lives physically, spiritually, in a very special way. But for the time being, he has the Holy Spirit to be with us. Part of that trinity, part of that mystery in terms of the Godhead, that God is three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And as I would say to my grandchildren, all three in one, if you've ever heard that expression before. And it is a mystery. But Jesus reminds us in his word to always to be ready for him because we don't know when that time will happen. And to be faithful and to be alert, to live our lives the way God has commanded us to be in obedience to him. And you know, sometimes obedience is very difficult for us to understand. And I've been listening to a book. I'm I'm one of those audio type of learners, so I listen to books on tapes. I don't read them. I mean, I do read stuff, but I'm more of an auditory type of learner. So I've been listening on this book on tape, and I guess tape is is an old thing, right? I've been listening to a book. I can't even say CD anymore. I've been listening to a book on my phone, right? There you go. I get it right. (laughs) 
And so, uh, so I've been listening to this book, and it's one of the things it's talking about is it gives the whole perspective of what obedience means to be in Christ, expecting for God to come back at any time in our lives. And it gives the example of the prodigal son, and I think all of us know that parable. I'm not specifically going to talk about that parable today because I want to talk about the faithfulness that we need to have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But in that parable, the author talks about the fact that we understand the, the son that goes away and has a riotous living and spends his dad's fortune and so forth and so on, but he was focusing on the son that stayed with his dad and continued to be faithful and working with his dad at home. And he actually talked about the son, the brother, who had that envious feeling, and I think some of us think that way, think about that, when we are obedient to what God wants us to do, sometimes we envy those that are doing wrong things, don't we? In all honesty, we're like, wow, man, I'd like to party like that, I'd like to live like that, I'd like to be like that, man, I'd be like free from all of that. And sometimes we become envious of those people that are being in disobedience, right? Yeah. I mean, it feels good to disobey, right? It does. Come on. Let's, I mean, let's be honest, right? Yeah. It feels good to be disobedient. And he was talking about the whole idea that the son, the brother that stayed working with his dad, had that whole idea of being envious because even though he had been obedient to his father and he did the wrong did all the right things that he was supposed to do, there was that enviness that he had about his brother who went out and disobeyed. And he talked about the fact that in that disobedience, that brother, that son, missed the mark of what it was to be obedient to his father. And in the same way, we shouldn't miss the mark about what it is to be obedient to God. Because we need to be obedient to God because it is the best way for us to live. So if you feel envious, like I do, of those that are disobedient, I'm with you. I understand. I hear that. But you and I need to be obedient to the things of God because we know deep down inside that is the best way for us to live our lives much more rewarding and much more beneficial, much more joyous, much more at peace than being disobedient. But yet we have that desire to want to be disobedient. So I'm with you. I hear you on that. So if you see me on the hallway this week and we're saying, hey, how's the disobedience going? And I'm saying, man, I'm still envious. I'm still envious. But I'm being obedient because I know that's what God wants me to be. And it is that obedience that we see in our own individual lives where we can respond to God faithfully in all things. Faithfully waiting expectantly for the Lord to return. And for some reason when I was reading about the scriptures and about the third watch, which is basically from midnight to three, three in the morning is, is the watch when, when the when the master comes back to the servant's house and he finds people alert and waiting for him, I, for, for whatever reason, and maybe you had this experience too, I was thinking about the time a long time ago when I was in basic training and they put me on guard duty. Do you remember that? We had the fire watch, right? And then for some reason we had guard duty in the middle of the night, right? They gave you a weapon with no ammunition and I did my basic training in the wintertime at Fort... Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, if anybody's ever been there. And I was out there in the snow, and we were guarding absolutely nothing. But we had to go out there in the middle of the freezing winter for three hours to guard absolutely nothing with our weapon. And, of course, you never knew, because there was always at least one drill sergeant, right, on duty, and you'd never know when they would be showing up. So we were always alert, always alert, not to fall asleep. And as I was reading the scriptures again this morning, that basic training experience came. And I don't know about you, but you truly find out who your friends are in basic training. And I remember one time 
the weirdest thing that ever happened is my lock broke in the middle of the night on my locker. Now, I, I don't know how that happened. And sure enough, guess what the drill sergeant found in the middle of the night? And I was in the upper bunk, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, I found this flashlight in my face, and the drill sergeant was yelling at my name, and he said, you have a lock broken on your, on your wall locker. I'm like, how did that happen in the middle of the night? When I locked it up, drill sergeant, it was working just fine. And he goes, I'm going to be back in an hour, and you better have a new lock on that locker. And I'm like, how that's going to happen? And so you find out who your friends are. So one soldier, he got out of his rack. He was a little bit farther. We were in the Quonset huts, you know, Gomer Pyle style. And he was, a little, he was a little farther down. He got out of his bunk. He had an extra lock. And he gave it to me. And I'm like, man, I tell you what, I did, I did favors for that guy the rest of the time I was in basic training. Because he gave me that lock that I needed when I needed it, right? You hear what I'm saying? And in the same way, God reminds us to stay alert and that you and I have a responsibility to each other to stay alert because you never know when I'm going to need you. You never know when you might need someone else that's walking with the Lord and that could help you at that time and moment when you need something. And you say, hey, how am I going to make this happen? And all of a sudden, the Lord through the Holy Spirit provides something for you through someone that you need at that place and time. Now, how special is that, to be alert? But we are to be expectant of that faithfulness that, that God wants us to have. And we are to live that life alert right now. We should live it in such a way that we reflect the joy of the Lord in all that we do and all that we say. You know, the hymn that we just sang about the, the eye being on the sparrow, it was one of my sister-in-law's favorites. And she went to be with the Lord a few years ago and she was fighting cancer over a period of about nine years and she was very thankful for the nine years that God had given her extra time because of the different cancer treatments that she was expecting. And finally the doctor said to her, you know what, we've done everything that we can for you. There's nothing more experimentally that we can do for you. Your time will come very soon. And so my brother called me. He was my older brother. And we don't talk much, but... He's kind of one of those kind of brothers that when he texts you or calls you, it's only a few words, but you know it's important because he wouldn't be bothering you unless it was something very important. He said, you need to come and you need to visit with us. And so my wife and I, we went over to visit, and he told us what the situation was, that she wasn't expected long to live. And so we went in, we visited, and we talked about different things. And I saw a person there that I had never seen before in my life. A wonderful person. Now, I don't know how you do with your in-laws and how you get along with your, and I'll say in-laws in general, I don't want to pick on sisters-in-law, but, you know, we had not had a really good relationship, if you understand that. We did not have a really good relationship. But when we met that particular time, and we talked about just different things. We talked about family. She wanted to provide for me some of the things that had kind of been heirlooms within the family, and she wanted me to actually have those things. And I saw a wonderful person there that I had not seen before because she knew where she was going. She was expecting the death as we understand it, but she knew that she was going to be with the Lord. And it wasn't that she was not afraid. She was afraid. I think all of us would be. And when any of us have been in situations where we have had to face uncertainty, maybe in times that I know I have, when I have had to face death, that we have those questions that at times just kind of seem to go unanswered, and we become afraid. But even though she was afraid and even though she was understanding all the different things in terms of what it meant to be a follower of Jesus Christ and she felt confident that she knew where she was going, there still was that sense of the unknown. 
And God tells us this morning that even in that sense of the unknown, He wants us to be faithful. He wants us to continue to be alert, even though there might be anxieties at time in terms of what the next step is going to be in our lives. God has given us all duties and responsibilities in our daily lives with the people that He has placed in our lives, the people that He has made us responsible for. And God says, continue to do those things in which I have appointed you to do and to stay alert. So whatever your normal routine is, whatever your normal day is, whatever the relationships that God has placed you in, He wants you to continue to do those things and to be with those people that He has placed you with. And to remind them, as you have been reminded, of what it is to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So we are to be alert. We are to be watchful. We are to be ready. Because in expectation, we don't know when Jesus is coming back for us. Perhaps we'll get some type of heads up. Perhaps we get some type of warning. I know it's interesting that everybody every year seems to know when the rapture is going to take place. And sure enough, this year, there's someone again saying when the rapture is going to happen. And I'm like... Well, let's see, uh, last year, five years ago, ten years ago, and guess what? God delayed His coming so that more people could come to know Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. We don't know the appointed time, we don't know the appointed day, but we are to stay alert, to stay in constant fellowship, in obedience to God, because that's what He wants us to be, that's where he desires us to be in all things. To stay alert. But in the meantime, even when there are times when we have trouble, even though there are times when we have uncertainty, he reminds us again about some very simple truths that he wants us to hold on to, to cling to, to incorporate those truths into our lives. And in our call to worship, it summarizes it. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one can come to the Father but by me. Now, you have to either believe that or not believe it. There's no middle of the road. You can't say that Jesus Christ was a wonderful prophet, he was a great philosopher, and he had some great things, and he had just some great things to say about how we should live, but he truly was not the Son of God. Well, okay. If you want to believe that, that's okay. Can you get some understanding? Can you get some teachings? Can you feel good about yourself with Jesus when you read, read some of the things that he talked about? And I would say, yes, you can. But that's not what he came for. And he tells you that. He tells you that. He clearly says, and you and I are like the doubting Thomas, God, Jesus, how do we know where we are going? How do we know how to get there? You know, we're all doubting Thomases, right? We want God to show us today. Lord, I want you to perform this miracle for me because I doubt that you ever existed. We always want God to prove himself to us. Don't we? I do. And my prayer sometimes is to say, God, if you truly exist, perform this for me. God's already performed so many things in my life. And he didn't even need to do that. Look at all the things that he performed in Jesus' life, and Jesus and all the miracles that he did, and they still did not believe who he was. They still said, as he was hanging on the cross, if you claim to be who you say you are, come down from there, and we'll believe you. Do we, that? Do, we do that same thing with the Christ that we have today? Lord, come down from that cross, and I'll believe you. Lord, perform that miracle that I want you to perform for me. Lord, I just spent two bucks on a lottery ticket. Lord, make it happen. If you truly do love me, Lord, make it happen. Now, I know I'm speaking to the choir here, and I'm part of that choir. I'm part of that choir. All right, make it happen. But you know what? Jesus reassures us 
you know what, I've performed all those things in your life already. I've given you life. I've given you relationships with people. I've sent my son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins. I've sent the Holy Spirit into your life to beckon and to call you to become one of mine, to become one of my sons, to become one of my daughters in fellowship with me right now in the present, but also for eternity. Isn't that enough? And I'm asking that question for myself. Isn't that enough? Haven't I done enough? Why do you always ask for more? And like doubting Thomas, Lord, you know, I've been following you. I've seen all of your miracles. Lord, you, you appeared to us. I actually, you know, Jesus said right to Thomas, Hey, hey, remember Thomas said, Hey, i got to stick my fingers into his wounds to believe that Christ is raised from the dead? And what did Jesus say to Thomas? Here I am. If you don't believe me, stick your fingers in here, right? But in the same way, God tells us in our faithfulness to be alert and to, be al- and to believe in Him and that He has done those things for us. He has reassured us again and again that Jesus is coming back for us. And between then and now, He has the Holy Spirit to be with us to comfort us, to provide us direction. He gives us the Word of God. He gives us hymns. He gives us time of prayer. He gives us times of worship in terms of understanding God in a more close way that we can just draw closer to Him in all things. But He always wants us to be ready. He always wants us to be prepared. He always wants our hearts to be focused on Him. And that's difficult to do when we have so many other challenges. We have different responsibilities and we always want to feel the pressure of the different people in our lives and trying to please them and wanting to do the right thing. But God reminds us you can do all of those things and still stay alert in your faithfulness to me and what you believe in. So I need to ask myself this question and I need to ask you this question. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Do you believe that I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life? No one comes to the Father but my be. You know, and even in our bulletin, Chaplain Butler and I, we actually have the prayer to receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. And I've read that prayer to myself multiple times to remind me of the relationship that I have with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And when I say that prayer, when I read that prayer to myself, it's a reminder and a perspective that God wants me to have in all things. And as best as I can, I now transfer my trust to Him, to Jesus And I am grateful that he has promised to receive me despite my many sins and failures. Remember, I'm the one who wants to envy those that are disobedient. My sins and my failures. And Father, I take you at your word. I thank you that I can face death now that you are my Savior. And thank you for the assurance that you will walk with me through that deep valley. If it happens before Jesus returns, we will not be alone. God will be walking through us through the valley of the shadow of death. And we will not need to fear that shadow. And we say thank you for hearing this prayer. In Jesus' name, Amen. And that is something in which We need to be alert for all of the time. Faithful to God all of the time. And it doesn't mean that we are going to do it perfectly. Because we won't. Because we are who we are. But God, you know what? Takes who we are, takes our disobedience, and changes it. And makes it obedient. He takes the things in our lives and He makes something good 
out of the mess that we've made. He takes the guilt, the things that we regret doing, and He removes it from us. He takes that burden that we might be feeling about something or certain types of circumstances, and He has taken that guilt away. You and I are free to live in Christ the way that He wants us to live. And He wants us to live that way all of the time, every day. He doesn't want us to be enslaved to our past or enslaved to our old nature. He wants us to be set free, set free from those things that burden us. The burden that I have is I still live with guilt and I shouldn't live with that guilt anymore. I have been set free from that. You have been set free from that because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. And I need to remind myself that I have been set free from that. I no longer have that burden. I no longer have that guilt. And if you have those, I call them incidental thoughts, right? You're driving down the street, you're walking down the street, and all of a sudden you start having those glimpses, those glimmers of things that's happened, and you regret doing that. You know what? That's not God doing that. That's the evil one doing that. That's Satan doing that, trying to stumble, make you stumble, make you fall. Christ is saying, you know what? Those thoughts are no longer my thoughts, and they should no longer be your thoughts because you have been set free from that. And I need to remind myself of that. And that's why I want to remind you of that this morning, that you have been set free from that. Because it tells you and it tells me that we are alert because we no longer have that burden. We have been set free and we're waiting for Christ to come back to be with us, to have that eternal fellowship with Him in all things. But we can have that fellowship right now. We can have that freedom right now. We can live free in Christ every moment of every day. We have to focus on Him, to be alert, and to to ask Him, God, help me today to live free from the guilt that You have taken away already because of what Your Son, Jesus Christ, did for us on the cross. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion. You know, and when we celebrate communion, it's something that neither of us merit, but it's a gift. It's a wonderful gift. The gift of God's love, the gift of God's grace, the gift of God's forgiveness, the gift of God's eternity for all of us. And we celebrate it to remind us of that, to remind us of the freedom that we have in Christ. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are just so thankful. Lord, I, I just feel so free right now. Lord, I just want to thank you that you have freed us from the guilt of the things that we've done in the past, the regret that we have, the burden of those things, Lord, that we are so ashamed of. But you know what, God? They are no longer in your purview. You no longer see them in our lives. You no longer apply those things to our lives. We have been found not guilty in God. We just want to praise you and thank you for that. And God, as we take communion together publicly, Lord, we just want to have that freedom incorporated into our lives, that you have set us free, set us free from those things that have been a burden to us for so many years. And Lord, you have transformed us. And God, we want to discover more and more of that freedom that we have in your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us, God, to discover that freedom that you've given us because of what the cross represents and the communion that we celebrate together. Thank you, God, 
and praise you. Amen. took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Please join me in our closing hymn, number 442, Have Thine Own Way. Thank you for coming. Love.